ladies, it's Brittany Brazel. The Lord has given me a passion for motherhood and homemaking. From that passion, a ministry has birthed no higher calling. There is no higher calling on my life than to be wife to Simeon and mama to my littles. I still have so much to learn, but as I continue to grow, it is my desire to share the truths God is teaching me. Hey ladies, thanks so much for joining me on this episode of the No Higher Calling podcast. Today's topic is straight from Proverbs 31 verse 12, and I've titled this episode All the Days of Her Life. This was not an idea that was original to me. Um, I heard this in a sermon actually late in my teen years, and I cannot remember who preached it to give them credit, um, but... Their study came straight from God's Word. So we're going all the way back to the source today, back to Proverbs, to God's Word. And we're going to look at Proverbs 31, verse 12. There are so many aspects, um, so many characteristics of the Proverbs 31 woman that God lays out for us in this chapter. But this one glimpse into her character in verse 12 is what I really just want to talk to you about today and encourage you um, as wives, or maybe if you're single and you're not married yet, um, this episode is for you too. Um, I know most of my episodes are geared more towards married women, even more particular moms. Um, And I still think there's so much that you can glean, even if you're not in that stage yet. I, I still think there's so much you can glean and prepare your heart for. But I'm specifically going to address um, unmarried women as we go through this episode and married women. Um, But I think that there are some truths in this verse that really can help all of us as we try to be Christ-like as wives. So again, I want to read it. Proverbs 31 verse 12 says, She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. So I want to talk about all the days of her life. You know, I I think when I was younger, I kind of glanced over a lot of Proverbs 31 and thought, okay, that is great. And I want to be that, but that's down the road. That's in the future. Um, That's when I'm married and when I have children. But right here, this verse says that she will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. What does all mean? All means all. Webster defines all as everyone or the whole number of particulars. So that means that every single day, all the days of her life, she does her husband good and not evil. So that's every day of your married life and every day of your life before you are his wife. We're to be doing good to the man that God has created to be our husband. Um, And that looks different in different stages, but I've really outlined three different aspects where wherever you fall, married, unmarried, we can do our husbands or future husbands good all the days of our life. And I'm, I'm thankful that this message was preached to me when I was young, before I was married, because it, it made me think about the future. And honestly, I thought about the future a lot. I, I'm a romantic at heart. I longed for the day that I would get married since, like, I think I was probably four. I mean, all I ever wanted was to be a wife and to be a mama. And God has, I am living answers to so many of my prayers. And I, I'm, I'm thankful for God's blessing in my life. Um, 
But in those days, especially in my teen years, as you know, I was wondering, is it this guy, Lord? Is it that guy, Lord? Um, we've shared our love story before. I didn't date anybody before I dated Simeon. Um, we have a very serious um, outlook on dating. We believe that dating is for the purpose of marriage. And if it's not even somebody that you're going to consider marrying, if you're not in a stage of life where you are ready for marriage, you really have no point dating just in our opinion. Um, but you still can prepare for your future spouse. And and I was just awaiting the day that God showed me who Prince Charming was. And then, you know, then I had my own love story and it was just, we could fall in love and get married and plan a wedding. And, um, but there, there was a time where I had no idea who I was going to marry. Um, Simeon and I didn't start dating until my junior year of college. But even though I wanted to know who my guy was and I looked forward to the future, there were practical things that I could do in that season of life to prepare myself for the future. Um, I could have done a better job of that in so many ways, but I am thankful um, for the truths that were put in my heart to really kind of give me a seriousness on this issue. And so much of that I've even carried over into my marriage um, because it's not, you know, either side of the coin. It's not, oh, I can live however I want until I'm committed to somebody and now I have to do him good or vice versa. It's not this, oh, I need to stay pure and focus on the Lord. And now I meet my husband and we're married and the honeymoon's over as they might say. And so, you know, he can take care of himself. I'm busy with the kids or whatever. No, God is calling us as virtuous women to do our husband's good all the days of our lives, past, present, future, um, wherever you fall in that in that spectrum of where you are at in your life. Um, but when I think about this, just this all the days of her life, you know, I back it up to my teenage days. And I was also challenged as a teenager to make a list of things that you are looking for in a spouse and pray that God will help you find somebody along those lines. Um, I, I love lists. Lists are one of my love languages. I That's the language that I speak is to-do lists and lists of things. Um, I've shared that on here before. But I, I made a list kind of early in my teenage years. I revised that later, like junior, senior year of high school, because as I looked back at it, I saw a lot of immaturity in some of my hopes and dreams for a future husband. You know, I started realizing he didn't have to be, you know... 6'2 with huge brown eyes and, you know, just the most angelic voice I've ever heard. Although I did get that. Um, but, you know, I, I realized that favor is deceitful, beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Even so, the, the same with, with really people in general, man or woman, we look so much and focus so much on the outward appearance. And God looks at the heart. And so when I revised my list as a little older, a little more mature teenager, I realized that it was character qualities that were important to me. Yes, I wanted him to be attractive. I wanted to find my husband attractive. Um, but, but that was lesser to me 
to then finding somebody who is strong in their character, who is strong in the Lord. Um, and, and I am thankful. I got both. I, I love Simeon. He, he is so good to me. And God has exceedingly abundantly above all I could have asked or imagined in giving me Simeon as a husband. Ephesians 3.20, that, that is my life verse. I, I've kind of, my life verse has kind of changed and morphed um, over the years, but that is my current verse that I'm claiming in, in many different aspects of life. We're just, we're praying, asking God for big things. And that verse has been an encouragement to me, but I look back over my life and see in so many aspects that God has done that for me. And he did that in my marriage and giving me a wonderful husband who loves me and I love him. Um, but, okay, so back to my list. So I really started trying to look at that in light of scripture and biblical, strong, godly character qualities that I wanted in a man. Um, you know, I wanted him to be trustworthy. I wanted him to be bold, not afraid or ashamed to share Christ with others or to speak the truth. Um, I wanted him to have a respect for women. I, I watched how Simeon interacted with his mom and with his sisters and with other women because I knew that was inevitably how he was going to treat me. Um, and he loves his mama and his sisters. And, and I was thankful to see that strengthen him. Um, so those are just a few examples of a couple things that I had on my list. But, you know, as I remember as a teenager finishing up that list, reviewing over it, thinking, did I get everything down? Um, and it's just kind of like the Lord hit me with the idea of if you are looking for these specific qualities in a husband, are you working on specific qualities? Are you working on becoming more and more Christ-like in your own heart, in your own spirit? Um, and that was a challenge to me. And I kind of revisited that list and said, okay, I want him to be trustworthy. Am I trustworthy? I want him to have a love for others and a servant's heart. Am I showing a love for others and a servant's heart? So the Lord really started to begin, even in those early years, even in that one simple way, I feel like preparing me and challenging me that though I yet knew, I, I didn't know yet who my husband was, I could do him good all the days of my life. If in this stage, if in those teenage years, I wasn't dating around and throwing pieces of my heart away and and being frivolous with love and and setting up opportunities for temptation. No, if I want to do him good all the days of my life, I needed to use that time of singleness to focus on my relationship with Christ, drawing nearer to Christ and letting Christ form in me, not only the person, the Christian that he wanted me to be, but hopefully the wife that he wanted me to be in the future to complement the husband that he created for me, that together as one, that we could serve him to the fullest potential that Christ had for us as a married couple. Um, and I'm thankful for that emphasis that was put in my heart in my early teenage years. So I said I was going to share three things today, are three different ways that we can do our husbands good all the days of our lives. Um, and, you know, maybe you're listening to this and you're like, I didn't have that influence as a teenager. I didn't have that start. Or maybe you're married and you're like, hey, I've, I've struggled in the past week month, year, years. Um, and I've had my moments too where I have not done him good 
this day or that day. Um, but I'm so thankful that Christ promises uh, that every every morning is new mercy. Every day is a fresh start that we can follow God. We can confess past mistakes. We can ask for our husband's forgiveness and we can say, hey, Lord, with your help from this moment on, I'm going to do him good all the days of my life. Um, but I, I am even even in talking about this, knowing um you know, I, I don't know all of my listeners, but I know a few of them, and I know a few of them are teenage girls, and I hope they're listening. Um, and, and I really want to speak to your hearts, too, in this episode and encourage you. It's not too early to pre- to begin preparing for the person that God wants you to be later in your life. Um, you know, maybe God will lead you to get married. Maybe he won't. But having these strong qualities will serve you well either path because they are strong qualities of Christ likeness. It's not a list of, oh, to be the perfect wife, I need to achieve these things. No, it's to be as much like Christ. I want to conform to him in this area, in this area, in this area. And those are the things that are going to make a good wife. Um, but the first, the first way that we can do our husband's good all our days is through prayer, by praying for them. And this is another area that was made very real to me as a teenager and that really helped me on the patient side of things. And that was to pray for my future husband. Um, Now, I have to be honest, there were some times where when I was praying for my future husband without a name, I had a face in my mind. And I I thought, oh, I know this is who I'm praying for. Um, And God, you know, with time revealed, no, that's not who you're praying for. And it's funny, you know, I look back to my teenage years. Again, we've shared our love story. If you want to hear that, I think it's like episode two and three. It's a two part because it's quite the interesting love story. It took us a while to get through it. But in my teenage years, Simeon was a part of my teenage years, but I never would have imagined his face never once ran through my mind as a teenager as I prayed for my future husband. But I'm looking back now. I'm so thankful that God led me to do that. And you you know, you may think, what can I pray for my future husband or for my husband now? Um, I mean, there are so many things, so many things you can pray. Pray scripture. Open your Bible. Find actual scripture verses that you can pray and claim God's promises over your man, whether he has a face and a name or he's hopefully in the distant future or near future. Um, But pray scripture. You know, I, I just prayed real things like, God, I don't know what he's going through today, but I know that I have my ups and downs in my days. And I pray that you'll encourage him, that you'll draw his heart close to you and that he, his faith will be strengthened, that he will rely on you. Um, you know, I pray for his family relationships, that, that the Lord would bless his parents and his siblings, um, that they would have a unity in Christ as they follow him. I pray that God would work in his heart, that God, as I was trying trying to be conformed into God's image, um, you know, with the hopes of being a good godly wife, that God would be doing that in his heart, that he would have a desire to have a real relationship with the Lord, that he would have a a devotional life personally, one-on-one with him and God that was strong, that God would be speaking to him. Um, that God would give him clear direction. You know, obviously in the teenage years, there's a lot of question of what am I going to do with my life? And I would pray that God would give him clarity as he tried to follow God, that God would direct his steps, um, you know, for for him, for his guidance, but also ultimately if, if 
if it is the man that I am to marry, that is also for me. You know, I, I think back to those teenage years. I didn't know that I was praying for Simeon Brazel as, as I was praying that God would give him clarity of what it, what his calling on his life was and what his calling would be on our life as a family one day in the future. But now I look back and Simeon shares that he was called to Australia as a senior in high school and all the details that God orchestrated to work in his heart. And it is amazing to me to think that I had a small part in that, even not having any clue that I was, but in praying for him, you know, I would pray that God would protect him. I knew the temptations that I was facing as a teenage girl. I knew the struggles that I was facing when my friends were dating around and I wasn't and, and the loneliness and the just wondering, is it ever going to be my turn? Um, you know, I knew what that was like in my heart and I was praying for a husband that would be pure. Um, you know, that he would save his virginity for me for our wedding day, you know, and, and I asked the Lord that he would put strong Christian friends in my husband's life, that um, that temptation and Satan would stay far from him, that he would purpose in his heart, like Daniel said, he purposed in his heart to do good and to follow God. Those are just some examples of some things that I prayed as a teenager. But you know, even as a wife now of seven years, those are things that may look a tiny bit different, but that I still pray for my husband. I still pray that God will draw his heart close to him. I still pray that God will bless his relationships. I still pray that God would give him clarity as he leads our family. I still pray that God will protect him. You know, just because you're married doesn't mean that you're safe from temptations of sexual sins. Um, You know, I I think Satan would like nothing more than to wreck and ruin Christian marriages. And we're seeing that all around us. You know, so I pray that God will help keep not just his heart pure and his body pure, but his mind and his eyes. Um, you know, that God would use me to be a blessing and an encouragement to him and, and just strengthen him. Um, just so many different things that I can pray uh, for him. So, so young girls, single girls, Pray now, pray for him, whether you know him or not. And you know, it did help me in the area of patience because I remember, I remember days where I would be so lonely and just sad that I felt like I was missing out on something. Um, And it was those days that I just had to take it to the Lord and be like, no, I I know that you've done this work in my heart. I know that I want to save as much of me as I can for the man that I'll marry one day and I'm just I'm just going to stop and I'm just going to pray for him and even though like I said I didn't have a face or I didn't have a name it made him feel real and it, it encouraged me that that was a real tangible practical thing that I could do for my man even though I didn't know who he was um so prayer prayer is one aspect that we can do our husband's good all the days of our life the next thing is presentation um and I choose that word because I'm alliterating my points and they're all going to be peas. But presentation. So the idea of presentation, really, when I think about this, I think of the verse that says, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own, for ye are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. So I said this earlier. This is not trying to make yourself 
into the perfect wife so that one day, you know, when you think you meet Mr. Right, you can say, hey, I've, I have all the attributes of a perfect wife. No, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is being so in love with the Lord, so following after him, so desirous to have as much of who he is and his power flowing through you and changing you to be more like him. As you are doing that, as you're striving for that Christ-likeness and your relationship with the Lord is strengthening, the Lord makes us attractive, not anything that we have done, but all on his merit. And I could I could just go off on a rabbit trail here, but you know, I in this idea of presentation, so, okay, I'm, I'm trying, I'm jumping ahead of myself. Let me back it up here. So when I say presentation, I mean the way that we present ourselves. This could be the way that we dress, um, the way that we act, the way that we carry ourselves. Um, we should present ourselves, our bodies, our minds, our, our personalities, our spirit. We should present ourselves as virtuous women who love and are following after Christ. And so where I was trying to jump a minute ago, um, I, the world has given this image of attractiveness as, you know, you just need to show what you've got and, flaunt yourself and make yourself as beautiful as you can. Very outward focused, um, you know, or maybe it gets inward, but it's an inward, more charisma, personality. I, I want to be funny. I want to be, you know, easy to be with the life of the party. And, and I just, I see so many young girls that are caught up in the world's image of what attractive is. And, and it's natural to, to want to impress guys and to want to find Mr. Right and to fall in love. It's a part of how God has designed us as human beings. But I think this is an area of our life where we we need to be in tune with Christ. We need to have the fruit of the Spirit in this area. You know, the Bible talks about temperance. And I know Simeon and I talk about this often. So many people have defined temperance as self-control. But it's so much more than self-control. It is really spirit control. And I think temperance is a fruit of the spirit, is an attribute that is just missing in so many teenagers and young single men and women today. And, and I'm not trying to act like teenagers of today are worse than the teenagers when when I was a teenager, you know, a decade ago. Even in in my teen years, and I look back in my own life, was my were my teen years marked by temperance? Was was I spirit filled, spirit controlled? Um and you know, if if we are spirit led, if we are spirit filled, spirit controlled, we won't have an issue with how we present ourselves because everything about our presentation will be to draw attention and glory to God, not attention and glory to ourselves. But I think this is an area where we just we need to be careful. Um pre-marriage, but even after marriage, how do I interact with the opposite sex 
even now, you know, and, and I see, especially in, in the kind of career field, I, I just haven't really, I mean, I've, I've worked kind of some different jobs since being married. I've been a stay at home mom now. Well, goodness, as long as Eden was born, but I really, since being married, I really haven't been like in the workforce, but I know Simeon was, you know, up until we started in full-time deputation and he would just tell me, Often how married men and married women would go to lunch together on the lunch break, just the two of them and how, you know, it so often it just it was friends. They got along. They wanted to have fun um, and, and they just enjoyed each other's company. But there's so story after story where lunch turned into way more than lunch. Um, and, and it wasn't all right away. It was kind of a gradual process. But I think even as married women, we need to be very conscious whether we're in the workforce or, you know, stay-at-home moms. I know, I guess we don't have as many opportunities at stay, as stay-at-home moms to be around other men, especially without having our husband around. Um, but we just need to be careful in how we present ourselves you know, and how we dress. Does how we dress, are we trying to dress in a way that that draws attention to us or that draws attention to the Lord? You know, I, I'm all for dressing modestly, but I don't think that dressing modestly means you have to look homely and like you just stepped off the prairie. Um, I love fashion. I... I am addicted to dresses. <laughs> it's a problem. Um, I, I love looking nice. I love looking beautiful. But I think there's a balance there between am I trying to look beautiful to flaunt myself, say, hey, you know, I lost five pounds. I want everybody to know and see it. Or, you know, I like my shape. I want to show off this area or that area. Or, you know, I feel like even as Christians, sometimes we try to push it like as far as we can without actually like crossing the line, whatever that line is for you. Um, but but I, I, that's so wrong. We just we need to glorify God in, in every area of our lives, even in how we present our bodies. And I, I really I believe this. There is nothing as beautiful as a woman who is dressed very femininely, beautifully, modestly, um, but modern, up to date. And, and I'm not saying you have to throw out your wardrobe and get all the current styles. Please don't. I was out shopping yesterday and I was so discouraged as I looked around and I was like, this is what's in style. Like, oh goodness, I'm never going to find anything. Um, and I didn't find anything. But anyway, I, I just think that as, as Christian women, we got to find the balance between you know, okay, how should we present ourselves? We don't have to be super homely to present ourselves in a way that does our husband's good all the days of our life. And and I actually heard um, a lady give a challenge on this at a marriage retreat that I was at. And, you know, she was talking about the importance of wives looking beautiful for their husbands. And she gave the illustration, you know, when you're home all day, chasing around the kids, in your sweatpants, messy bun, no makeup, spit up all over your shirt, and then your husband walks in the door, and and that's, that's what he sees day in, day out, and he gets a tired, exasperated wife. And her challenge was this, that when her husband went out in the workforce, that he saw polished women dressed very nicely, very classy, um, you know, with their best foot forward, smile on. And, and she was just saying, you know, you need to be careful that 
that you look beautiful for your husband. You know, she gave the illustration of, you know, her husband loves to work outside. She's like, it's a hot day. You know, he he loves to work outside, but, you know, he's been out there for hours and hours, and he's sweating, and he's so thirsty. And she brings him a cup of warm water. Or then this beautiful lady comes up with a tall, cold glass of orange juice. That was her husband's favorite drink. She's like, maybe he'll choose the lukewarm water because he knows that he has to. But probably inwardly, he's wishing that he could reach out and get that cold orange juice. And she was just saying, basically, more of the story, be the cold orange juice for your husband. Look beautiful. Present yourself well for him. You know, in in public, that means that we do need to be modest. We do need to present ourselves in a way that looks beautiful um, to glorify God, really to make make us a, a beautiful image of what God desired for womanhood, but also for our husband's enjoyment. Um, but with the idea in mind that I want to glorify God in the way that I present myself, I don't want to draw attention. But then in private, anything is a go. You know, let your husband be enraptured in the beauty that God has given us as women. God designed our bodies in a way that men are attracted to and, and enjoy that as a married couple. Um, but just just the challenge, I kind of went off on several different trails there, but in just doing him good all the days of our life in the way that we present ourselves, whether it be for our husbands or or out in public, in the way that we present ourselves, we can do him good. And, and I talked a lot about dress. I kind of touched on a few other things. This goes beyond just dress. I know I really kind of honed in on that one, but it goes into, you know, h- how we talk um, with women, with other, with other men. You know, it is our speech doing our husband good all the days of his life as as we present ourselves in our speech and our personality are, are we flirty and you know just kind of flaunting and are, or are we poised and has that have that temperance have the fruit of the spirit um so the first one is prayer second one is presentation and then the last one is impurity that we should do our husband's good all the days of our life in in the area of purity and you know the bible takes purity way beyond the body and just virginity. I mean, the Bible says, if a man looketh on a woman to lust after her in his heart, he has already committed adultery. And I think that, you know, I I know when I was a teenager, there was such an emphasis put on physical purity, being a virgin when you are married. And I'm thankful that Simeon and I both were when we were married, that we saved that intimacy for one another as a married couple, you know, but there were other areas of our lives that we did not come to marriage pure. And that is something that we've talked about as as parents with little children, that as we raise them up, we don't want to so overemphasize you know, physical purity, it is important. It is so important. And we do want to emphasize that, but we don't want to emphasize that to the neglect of purity of mind, purity of heart. You know, don't give pieces of your heart. Every every person that, that you date or invest in or give some of yourself to, it's a piece of your heart that you've lost. Um, you know, I, I we even went as far as the first man other than immediate family that I said I love you to 
with Simeon and, and him for me. And I'm so thankful that we saved that because those three words carried such weight and value in our hearts and minds that it was a gift that we wanted to give to the person that we would spend forever saying, I love you too. We wanted that to be a gift that we gave to that person that we loved with all of our heart. And I'm thankful that we did that. But purity goes so much beyond just just our bodies or our virginity or, you know, well, is this too far? Is that too far? That shouldn't be our question. It shouldn't be how far can I go, but how much can I glorify God in this area that he has given me? And, you know, I I think about this area and, you know, it tends to be a topic that, you know, we kind of shy away from, we don't want to talk about, kind of, you know, whispered hushes, But, but God created our sexuality and sexual intimacy as a gift for us, for us as humans, as as a way that we can find pleasure in one another as a married couple, as a way that we can have children, um, but even as a way that we can, God can be revealed in even a greater sense to us that God is creator care down to even our own personal pleasure. And really the pleasure of intimacy and purity is reached, reaches its fullest potential within the confines of marriage. And that's why God designed it that way. It was not something that is just to be flippant that we give to this person and give to that person, whatever varying degree, you know, whether it's holding hands or a kiss or an I love you or all the way to sex. No, it is something that is to be protected for marriage. And it is such a beautiful, beautiful gift in marriage, but outside of marriage, it is an abomination to God. It is fornication. It is adultery. It is a sin and sin brings consequences. And and God says in his word, that sin is pleasurable for a season, but friends, a season is short. And then we have to spend the rest of our lives with regret and with baggage. And, and I, I don't want that for me and my marriage. I don't want that for my children and their marriages. And I don't want it for you and for your children um, and, and your marriage. And as, as we have these little ones growing up and, and Lord willing, getting married and having their own families one day. So this area of purity, I mean, it's just so important that we glorify God in this area. And as we glorify God, if we are glorifying God, We have no choice but to do our husband good because that is God's design. He wants us to do our husband's good all the days of our life. And as we follow him, it is just a byproduct that we do good for them. Romans 13, 14, just in wrapping up this idea about purity, it says, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Whether you're married, whether you're not married, do not make provision for the flesh. You know your weaknesses. You know your strengths. Um, but in knowing our weaknesses, in knowing that sexual temptation is real, whether you're married or unmarried, there, there are struggles, there are battles, there are things that we have to say, hey, I am denying the flesh, I am mortifying the flesh, and I am committing to follow Christ, to glorifying Christ in my body, in my mind, in my heart, what I see, what I hear, what I watch on TV, that has been an area I wasn't going to get into this, but the Lord just put on my heart. That has been an area that I have I have had to to work on because I love a good romance. I I am a girly girl. I said it. I love love. And they I just they I, I loved watching romance movies. Um 
But I'm thankful that when I got married, you know, we I would watch them with my husband and he saw them through different eyes than I was seeing them. And he was like, I can't watch these. And, and at first, I just, my immature, young, married, I was like, what? I watch your movies? You won't watch my movies? Why do I always have to watch your movies? And then I realized he is trying to do exactly what this verse says. Make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Whether or not we skipped the bad scenes or, you know, it was still women not dressed right, not presenting themselves right. There was not purity and wholesomeness. Not that I watched like horrible, terrible rom-coms or anything, but, but I mean, it's just, it, it, it's the way of the world and we expect nothing different. I, that's what I would expect out of the world. They, they think nothing different, but as Christians, we are called to be set apart. And this was an area that I had to grow in. And I had to realize that, you know what, one, it's not really doing me any good. It's not edifying me. It's not conforming me more to the image of Christ or encouraging me in my faith. Um, it's just kind of like entertaining me really in very much a worldly sense of entertainment. And I realized it was not a big thing for me to give up. One, to protect my husband and the purity and the purity of our marriage that he was trying to protect that I really wasn't even aware of um, in those early days, but really even to protect my relationship with Christ. And so that's been an area of my life where I just had to say, you know what? This really doesn't have a place in my life anymore. Um, And every now and then when a sweet romance movie comes out that's clean, I'm thankful for that because I I still enjoy it. Um, But, you know, it's just been kind of an area where I've just said flesh. No, I'm not going to make any provision. And and that was just a personal kind of example in our own marriage um, that we had to work through and come to. And I kind of had to realize um, seeing things through his eyes and realizing his struggles might not be my struggles, but our struggles, you know, within the marriage, I I wouldn't want to cause anything that would tempt him. Um, And and I'm thankful that 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 was important to him, that he cherishes our marriage and me enough to just say, hey, turn it off. I'm not interested. Um, But these three areas, prayer, presentation, and purity. Ladies, I want to be a Proverbs 31 woman. I I do. I want to be a virtuous woman whose price is far above rubies. I want my husband to praise me. I want my children to bless me. Um, But that requires work. That requires effort. That requires, like it just, the example I just gave, that requires putting to death some things that are in the flesh and saying, God, I just want to live unto your glory. I want to follow hard after my Jesus. I want to love my Savior with all that is in me. And as I pursue after Christ, as he does his transforming work in my heart and life, I do my husband good and not evil all the days of my life. So my challenge for you is wherever you fall in the spectrum, single, married a year, married seven years like me, married 70 years. Um, let's do our husbands good. Let's do our husbands good. Um, let, I mean, let's, let's be serious about that and desire that, but really even just as a byproduct of loving Christ, following hard after Christ, desiring Christ and wanting to glorify him in our bodies. Because again, back to this verse that I started out with, we are bought with a price. Ladies, let's glorify God in our bodies and our spirit, which are God's, and let's let's bring our husband good all the days of our lives. 
Lord, I thank you so much for these listeners. I thank you for the opportunity that you have given me to speak to their hearts. Lord, I pray that you will use the words that you have laid on my heart today to just encourage them, Lord, wherever they find themselves at. I pray that that this will just speak to their hearts, will encourage them, Lord. And I pray that we will just follow hard after you, that we will do our husbands good, that we will give an example to the world of what a virtuous woman is in these matters of prayer and presentation and purity. It's going look different than what culture has deemed attractive, Lord. But you know what? It doesn't matter. We we want to follow after you. And there is an attractiveness in bringing God glory. There, there, it, is, it is different. It is set apart. But there is a beauty in fulfilling all that you designed us to be as women, as virtuous women, Lord. I pray that we will seek after that. Thank you for your words, Lord. Thank you for your guidance. Thank you for working in our hearts. I pray that you will continue to do so as we are transformed into your image. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Just wanted to give a quick reminder about the giveaway that we have going on this month. So to celebrate six months of the No Higher Calling podcast, I am doing a giveaway for a $25 Amazon gift card. The way you can earn entries to that is by sharing on social media. If you go over to my Instagram page at no higher calling underscore, you will find a post that has all the details of how you can enter on Instagram. Um, On Facebook, it's just sharing and tagging me. Make sure you tag me in that. If we are not friends, send me a friend request and please send me a message saying who you are, that you listen to my podcast. That'll help me sift through the many friend requests that I have, what's real and what's not. But it's just sharing, getting the word out there. Um, Anytime you share about the No Higher Calling podcast, whether it's a current episode, past episode, your favorite episode, tag me and for everyone that I see, you get an entry into the giveaway for the Amazon gift card. So I hope you guys have so much fun with this. I just want to share what God is doing in my heart and hearts of many other moms as I have them on this podcast with as many mamas as I can to just watch in wonder and amazement as we see God transform hearts and homes as we get the truth in the hearts of us as women, as wives and mothers, and as we let him conform us to the image of Christ. So I I hope you have fun with this giveaway. Get involved, share, tag me. We will have this running the whole month of July. Um, We'll close it down July 31st and announce the winner in the first podcast episode in August. So we look forward to celebrating the six months of the No Higher Calling podcast and one of you as our winners. I hope that this episode has brought much glory to Christ, encouraged your heart, and strengthened you to be the wife and mother that God has created you to be. Thanks for listening.